0: Question: Going to Medellin, Cartagena in a couple weeks. I'm wondering if you have any recommendations on food and nightlife. I don't for Cartagena, although you got to go to Old Town, and uh, that's kind of a must must do when you're there. As far as Medellin, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I know all the hot spots, <laughs> but uh, you know what you should do is just email my assistant, and she can give you the list of some of the places where I frequent. As far as uh, Restaurants and kind of uh, nightlife, if you want to call it that. And so, her email address is it's contact at georgegammon.com. So I'll put it here. I'll post a comment. So that's Adriana's email. So just if you guys ever come to Medellin and you want to know that stuff, uh, just go ahead and email. Feel free to email Adriana, and just say, hey, I'm shooting down to Medellin. Do you have any suggestions on where I should stay? What hotel? Uh, restaurants, you know, cool bars, cool areas, maybe areas to avoid or whatever. And, uh, you know, she'll be happy to just uh, give you a, a list of places where I go or when I have friends come into town, usually kind of where I take them. Question, three waves of inflation, like the 40s, 70s, assuming we're in the first wave, if it plays out, how would this affect asset prices during? Well, I would go back and look at the 1970s and forties and see how it impacted asset prices back then as far as right off the top of my head real estate 1970s when you adjust for inflation is about flat but you weren't starting at at nosebleed levels so the problem now is if we get a 1940s or 1970s type decade you're starting from a real estate being just in a massive bubble massive bubble same thing with uh, with stocks and, and bonds, for that matter. So I would go back and look at what they, those asset classes did during those decades. But then I would also try to think through what the P.E. ratios were or what the bond prices were, or what the housing prices were relative to incomes going into that decade and then try to kind of think think through how this might play out in the 2020s. But I I don't think you can just look at the asset price. I think you have to look at what the asset prices did along with where they started. And then you've got to ask yourself, you know, what is most likely going to create these three waves of inflation? And, uh, you know, personally, I I think my base case is that we get some disinflation, rates come down, uh, next crisis, they go back to fiscal, Fed goes back to its same old nonsense playbook, and uh, probably get another massive increase in uh, M two, but you get that uh, disinflation down to let's say two percent, and people, you know, are like two percent. There's no way inflation's coming down to two percent. I would encourage you to not just look at the CPI year over year, but also look at it month over month. And if you look at it month over month, you see going back the last six months that if you just take the last six months and assume that the next six months are going to look the same, you've got CPI at 2.5%. So then you have to ask yourself, well, well what could make it go higher? What would be the catalyst to have a significant change month over month from what we've seen over the last six months? Well, that, that would have to be a, a repeat of, of 2020, in my opinion. So you know, then you ask yourself, okay, what's the likelihood of us getting that in the next six months? But you see, so my point there is I think we're going to get some significant disinflation to the point where everyone thinks we're out of the woods. Oh, inflation's dead. We never should have worried about it. It was a supply shock all along. It was never about money. You know, it was never about increasing M2. It was never about stimmy checks. Therefore, uh, now that, you know, we do have a higher plateau with prices and people's wages didn't keep up well now the right thing to do is going to ha- is give them stimulus checks because although inflation plateaued it went up to a point much higher than income so you've got that delta so i think this is going to be their argument or you know kind of how they'll phrase it i mean who knows what the exact argument is or what it how it'll play out but i could see them saying okay this is the reason we need to do universal basic income or this is the reason we need to do these stimulus checks again And, uh, you know, and that's most likely what takes us up into the next wave. And I think what would happen too is they might come in and even if inflation does remain above that 2% target or whatever, or to where they're still concerned about it, then I think the politicians come in and say, okay, we've got an easy fix for this. All we do is drop interest rates back down to where we make sure the unemployment rate is still below 4% because there's going to, they're going to think there's a causal effect there. And they're going to say, okay, so let's take rates back down to zero, but we have to worry about inflation. So let's go ahead and do price controls. And if we're doing price controls, it's impossible to get inflation. And since people's purchasing power has suffered so significantly over the last two or three years, let's just go ahead and do permanent stimmy checks. And the people are going to say, oh, no, you can't do permanent stimmy checks, inflation, inflation, inflation. They're going to say, oh, no, no, what are you crazy? Inflation. No, no, we solved that problem. We just made it illegal for people to raise prices. And you guys know how that game plays out. We've seen this movie before. And how it plays out is you do the price controls for about a year, and then the whole thing starts to implode, or two years or something. So the central planners say, okay, I won't shoot. We got to take away those price controls. And when they take away the price controls, because those price controls limit supply, you just see CPI go boom and skyrocket like it did in 1947. That's my base case. And that's why when we look at what I think will be an inflationary decade overall in 2020, in the 2020s, it will, uh, I think it'll, you know, history never repeats, but it rhymes. And I think the 2020s will rhyme a lot more with the forties than the seventies. <laughs> All right, guys, let me get down and do some shout outs. Really appreciate you joining me. This is the first, uh, live stream. We've done in like two months or so. So it's, it's fun, fun to get back in and uh, answer your questions. And I appreciate you guys being patient with me where I go off on these wild tangents, but uh, those tangents, I, I do think that uh, I wouldn't go on those tangents if I didn't think they were worthwhile in terms of giving the community, maybe something to to think about. And I'd also like to remind you to get your tickets to Rebel Capitalist Live. We talked about that at the beginning. got some incredible speakers. You can check them out at rebelcapitalistlive.com. We just added Mike Maloney. And uh, so super, super happy to have Mike. This will be his first Rebel Capitalist Live. So I'm really excited about that. All right, guys, let's do some shout-outs here. We've got All Nighter Hider, the OG in the house. We've got Silver Liner, Matt Bittner, Doc Fish. Unvaxxed, no mask, Ed. <laughs> oh boy, cool username. Uh, hey, A- 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 A, my buddy Anthony's in the house. TS Russell Wallace Warren Becky B, another OG, humble manifest of riches. Uh, we got Gary Grimes, Matt Alex Gerzib. Rhyme Time UK, B-Knock, Christopher Kirwan, Christopher Mallory, Dave Carlson, Owen Thompson, R-R in the house, Silverhawk Evil, no, Zero Silverhawk, there we go, <laughs> another OG, Tom Latum Captain X. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your weekend. I will see you on the next video. Thank you for listening to the Rebel Capitalist Show. For more content like this, check out the Rebel Capitalist blog at georgegammon.com or go to the George Gammon YouTube channel.